Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Barat Law podcast. Uh today I will be talking to Barrister Jugnu Kazmi about judicial clerkships in Pakistan and so if you are a law student or a recent law graduate please stay tuned to the episode. Jugnu Kazmi is a special prosecutor at the National Accountability Bureau headquarters uh and has previously served as state counsel and defense counsel at the Islamabad High Court. She has clerked at the Supreme Court for the current Chief Justice of Pakistan. Afterwards, she joined the Justice Project Pakistan as a legal and policy specialist and the Group Development Pakistan as a legal consultant. She leads the Islamabad chapter of the Women in Law Initiative and was also the recipient of the Women in Law Award in the Rising Star of the Year category. Uh Women in Law Awards were held in Pakistan for the first time this past November under the project of the Ministry of Law and Justice. British High Commission um Australian High Commission and the European Union. So welcome Jignu. Uh first of all congratulations on all of your achievements and thank you so much for joining. Hi Sara, thank you very much and thank you for congratulating and having me on your show. Thank you. And I just want to, you know, clarify more for the listeners uh, in case they're wondering. Uh, no, we are not related. I get asked this quite often in Islamabad. Are you related to Jignu Kazmi? So no, we're 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 not related. Um, so Jignu, if we can start by you telling our listeners a little bit about uh, your legal education background um, and your path to clerking. so i went to england uh, to do my bachelor's of laws for 3 years and right after i finished that i did the bar professional training course which i believe is called something else now um to train as a barrister and then this was in 2016 and when i came back i you know started working right away um i worked for a chambers a very um you know a very well reputed chambers and they were um they taught me because i don't only studied english law and i had no idea about pakistani law at all so they were very kind and very helpful and that's where i sort of got acquainted uh with the ppc with the cpc with the crpc um and after that i um worked for a bank for a bit uh, as a legal consultant uh, the bank was just setting up its legal team and i was one of the few uh, people to join um i was there for a bit um i could have extended that but after so while i was working at the bank i had applied for the clerkship which by the way i did not have an idea about um when i was in when i was in england um studying for my uh, bar when i came back so i you know a lot of people told me about the clerkship and some of them really encouraged me to apply so i just applied i thought it's going to be a good opportunity um i did not because you know i have colleagues who who really researched before uh applying for the clerkship but the case wasn't the same for me it was a bit different um i was told about it uh by various people by some former law clerks and then i thought it was a good opportunity um so i applied and then they were the process is pretty good and streamlined um then i got in um i got to i was lucky i got to work with a very good judge um i learned a lot um and yeah that's that So uh, so how long did you work like overall what was how, how many years of work experience before you actually uh started clerking So one year one one year okay And do you uh, when you're applying I mean I'm assuming you don't really get to choose the judge I mean is that something that's 
sort of what's the process for that you don't uh, which is good because then you know maybe uh, quite a few people would opt for the same judge and that would be you know a bit of a problem um but that's good i mean they so at my time i did not have a test it was um so there was an application process and then an interview was conducted by a judge of the supreme court and then they of course ask you what your interests are and what areas of practice you worked in um and then uh, yeah and then that, that's it and then i think that's how they match your so they match your areas of interest your i think your personality uh, your cv uh with with the with judges so i think that's how the allocation is done um so what does uh, a law clerk actually do if you can get into a bit more detail in terms of what are the day to day responsibilities and the tasks of a law clerk so law clerks are basically research associates um they conduct research like in depth research um in 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 law in in various you know uh, legal propositions whatever their judge asks them right um other than that they are supposed to sit in court uh, observe take notes uh, during hearings which i think is very very helpful um because you you know you get to learn a lot in court just by listening uh, and you know like um, uh, cases of varying nature um and then you also get to see very good lawyers making very you know sophisticated and intellectually stimulating arguments and likewise you also get to see mediocre and bad lawyers and that's where you you know differentiate or draw a distinction um and then you make the something known as species i think that's very specific to um the supreme court clerkship that term is very okay species is basically a summary of the facts of the cases uh, that are listed for hearing so the files come to you a day before and then you go through the files and then you make summary of the facts and the law and um you know and then you brief your judge about it basically summary of 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 the case uh, a brief uh, uh, so to speak and then you brief your judge about um the cases because you know they have a lot of work to do right the work mm. is tremendous so the species really helps the judges and then you know you can have a very good discussion with them as well um post uh, hearing and after hearing as well One thing that I really like about the clerkship is that um you know how they say that you should always you should know the law but you should also know the judge or know thy judge I think the clerkship really helps you uh know the other aspects so you know um how a judge thinks you know uh what they expect of a lawyer um uh, you know how to you know you should know I mean they, you know how to you you basically learn how to sort of the how to convince them or the art of convincing which is of course your arguments should be very strong but then other than that you know how to you know the court courtroom etiquette and otherwise also like how to present your case uh, you know post hearing so like does the judge sit down with the clerk and actually discuss like oh i didn't like this advocacy style of that lawyer or you know do you get that like inside perspective as well of a judge and i think that's very helpful because when you critically analyze a case first you know you can do it before the case is heard then you do it after the case is heard because mm-hmm. before the case is heard you you read whatever's provided to you you read what's you know in the paper book and after the case is heard you you have your information on the paper book but you also have your information from the arguments that the lawyer has made so you know that 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 time where the two of you sit down and critically analyze and then you know there's not so much critical analysis going out of you because you know at the end of the day you're just a kid right or you're fresh into the profession but you get to learn a lot from the judge and the best thing is that in my experience at least the 
the judges have been great in the sense that they ask you for your opinion which is which is really good mm. because it's you thinking right um that you know that then you do an in depth analysis and then you give your opinion and you know how they say that two brains are better than yeah two. yeah so what type of cases um you know do you get to see or do you assist on you know uh, and you you did this for about a year right you said that two years i was there for two years so two years maximum is 2 years uh, but now things are changing and some law clerks have been staying for more than 2 years uh, but minimum is however long you want it to be and however long the judge uh, wants it to be uh, but maximum is the idea is that maximum is 2 years um actually a lot of cases of varying nature so there's civil criminal tax uh, constitutional election you name it um i personally you know worked a lot uh, in in constitutional law so constitutional uh, interpretation and uh, statutory interpretation which i thought was very very interesting um and very you know like stimulating as well and we learn a lot um so i think so i really enjoyed that and you know like sort of um, analyzing an act or uh, and i also did a lot of um, comparative analysis so we were just not in our research i in our research i by in our research i mean uh, me and the judge that i worked for uh, we also used to look at um, you know other jurisdictions so we were focusing on the jurisdictions that are close to it or similar because india has a very similar legal system so we look at india bangladesh uh, the united kingdom us canada australia uh, sometimes even the african states so i think that was very interesting because that's comparative analysis um and you do learn a lot because then you you can sort of pick the good things from other jurisdictions and that has happened because pakistan does take a lot of like even it's if uh, even the legislations that you know pakistan has some of them have been very much inspired by other countries so it sounds like it's obviously very like the skill that's expected of a clerk is is research but since a lot of like you had work experience going in but since a lot of people apply right after law school so i mean is there any kind of an initial training uh, for a clerk i mean this sounds like a bit difficult for like a fresh graduate to you know uh, you're you're researching for a judge and 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 drafting and you know like you said you're preparing briefs and 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 you know uh, memos or you know of, of the sort so is there any training i mean how difficult was it for you um, coming in like first week or first month of the job so firstly i think um i mean speaking for myself um i was fortunate i mean i just didn't stick to research i was also given the opportunity to uh, make first drafts of judgments which i think was very very good and of course i mean my draft and versus the final draft there was uh, you know uh, yeah a lot of difference <laughs> Yeah. it was uh, but you know it was still a great opportunity because um, you know you get to put down what you're thinking and um, you know what you've understood of the case and then of course you do like you know you put in the case law that you've researched for um, but that was very interesting because you know you, just the fact that you're given that responsibility even if that draft your draft does not look anything like the final draft and there's you know i mean they've not picked up anything from your first draft it's just that you've been given that, that opportunity and that um you know that chance or that occasion to think like that and maybe you know put yourself in the judge's uh, shoes and you know so I, i think that was very good um other than that there is no training which is why i also feel the judges are very patient um because you know we're just 
you know fresh out of a lot of a lot of law clerks are fresh out of school or they only have like a year or two years of experience and you know one of the judges of the supreme court actually said that they prefer uh you know such lawyers because then their minds are not very influenced they're very fresh right so then they can learn a lot and there there's more flexibility or there's more capability for them to like take in information and then sort of then make their opinions and then not be so um you know firm on their opinions beforehand uh so they actually prefer people uh who who are fresh graduates which is why that's the criteria i mean you need to have um in my time um two years so you could not apply for the clerkship um after two years more than two years or after two years of your within two years basically you have to apply uh of your uh, last qualification so be it an llb or a masters or a bar so within two years so that was the you know the time limit of the constraint that you had um now i think i believe it's three years so the process changes a bit like um uh, year before last i think so they had a they had to submit that um, the um, the law clerks had to submit an essay and they had to like answer a series of questions um but it keeps changing i mean it really depends on the clerkship committee um in my time uh, we had to of course submit the cv transcripts recommendations and then we were shortlisted and called for an interview and that was it um but there's no training to answer your question um but then you learn on the job uh, on the job um and then of course i mean it's it's not a, your willingness to learn and your willingness to work and put in your best should be there and i think it's not so complicated that you can't because it's still research that you have sort of done in law school or if you've worked uh, previously right and so every every judge that's there they like each judge has one one clerk or like how many overall how many clerks do you know uh, work there at the supreme court at a time so one law clerk i think all judges barring a few now uh, most judges have law clerks i mean if a judge doesn't want to keep a law clerk that's his or her discretion um but uh, some judges now because of the workload especially the senior judges um you know the senior puni or the chief justice or those who are you know the, um, in, in the seniority list were the top 5 they sometimes keep two, uh, two law clerks because of the workload um and besides law clerks there also uh, there's also in house staff at the supreme court um research you call them research associates the ros a research officer sorry um and then they've been there for some time so sometimes um you know an ro gets attached to a judge as well so then there's a law clerk and the ro and there's a little team uh working for the judge because it really depends on their workload um and then some judges are very um they rely a lot on their law clerks uh, some do but most do i mean it really also depends on what they do um and yeah so they give you a lot of work and then they entrust you with responsibility which i think is great and um anyone who's applying for the clerkship and who gets the clerkship should aim for that i mean i think for me it was a time limited experience like for everyone else so you should really give it your all in in you know in that one year or in right so besides the supreme court can one also apply to the high court as well do you know anything about that uh, clerkship at the high court level so at the islamabad high court there's no clerkship program currently i can't speak for other high courts but i don't think there is um, any any clerkship program in, in those high courts as well um i do know that the islamabad high court was considering um to to keep law clerks which i think is an excellent idea because there's um, i think there's more workload in the high courts than in the supreme court and 
you know, uh, judges would really benefit from the clerkship program and so would the law clerks, you know, um, both, both parties would benefit. But um, for now, I don't think there's, there's any program. I mean, um, I, I, there should be. Um, I think it's an excellent program uh, for both parties actually. Um, and then once you once you've graduated as a law club, then you realize that you know it's actually something that really looks good on your CV. And besides your CV, it's just that you um, you know you gain very useful skills. You can learn those skills later on. Um, and then generally, uh, being a law club at the Supreme Court is considered to be prestigious. Uh, this only you realize once you're working there and after you've finished working there because people, I mean, the job market really values it. Uh, if you don't get it, that's completely fine. It's not the end of the world. I mean, is there's no guarantee or you know, that if, if, if you are a law clerk, then only you can succeed. I don't think that's true at all. I think at the end of the day, it really boils down to the effort that you put in. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, there there are none at the high court. Right, and since you know, you know, you were you were talking about you know, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity. But I have also noticed that uh, some people they apply, and in the meantime, they start working at law firms or chambers, and then you know, when they get in, they are actually considering, okay, do I leave this job? And and like some of them have actually asked me, and for me, because I regret uh, not really even applying for it because I, I don't think I, I bothered to look into this, you know, uh, and by the time I found out it was, there was a time bar. So because I regret it. So when, whenever I hear that somebody has gotten in and they're considering my answer is like, obviously you go for the clerkship. I mean, no offense to jobs at law firms. I feel like that's something that's, that that's all, always will be there. But I'm sure it's it's a consideration. Like for you, you took two years. Did that cross your mind that I'm spending two years here? Am I missing out on any other potential work experience at a law firm? Or, or do you think that regardless whether it's one year, two years or three years, it's something that you should go for? What's your take on that? Especially to those that have gotten in, but now they have a job and they're considering should I leave or, or not? I think that's a very good question. For me, I was very happy uh, with the work experience. And I think two years was a good time. A lot of people leave after one year and that's completely fine. Like you said, there's a time bar, right? Those jobs can wait. There's no time bar on those jobs, but there's a time bar here. There's an you know, age limit. And then of course the two years and the three years that I spoke about earlier. So I think this is an, it's a real um, and an excellent opportunity. So anyone who's thinking uh, between taking up a job in a law firm versus going for the clerkship, I think personally they should go for the clerkship. If they don't like it, if things don't work out, they can always leave it after a year or they can leave after six months or eight months. I mean, there's no bar on that. Uh, but if they miss the opportunity, like you said you did, then that opportunity is gone because there is a time bar. Right? Yeah. You can't with law firms you can go back to law firms they're there they're very much there so I mean you know one or two years is not a big time there's not a long period of time right so you can just get, gain that experience and then 
you know the thing with the clerkship is it because you're exposed to so many areas of practice you start thinking about which ones you want to do um and then you also get to see very good lawyers uh, arguing the cases and a lot of the law clerks including myself we notice a good lawyers and then we actually applied to those firms because we saw them arguing and we said oh you know this is somebody that i would want to work for and a lot of law clerks did that be it in karachi and lahore and peshawar and islamabad um yeah so you know we saw the lawyers there and there's a lot of exposure right you see a lot and then you can sort of uh, uh make your decision it life becomes easier that way i think that that's a really good point that you made because i think when you are a fresh law graduate even when you start working at a firm one of your goals is to figure out what practice area you want to go into you know and and maybe one law firm might have three or four or five you know practice areas that they focus on and and you know sometimes you're not even aware of all the practice areas so it really depends on your luck what firm you've joined but like you said you know when when you're um, you know uh, assisting a judge judge gets to hear all sorts of cases so you really get to see the different types of practice areas so i think that is is a huge benefit um you know uh, for the program but do you also think that employers uh, or how much do you think they value this on the resume like if it's when you apply when you come back and you start applying for jobs um how much do you think it helps you you know stand out from from the rest of the candidates i think it helps a lot i mean in my experience and in you know the experience that i've got to know about i've gotten to know about uh, of friends and colleagues employers really value it um i mean some can have their disagreements about the clerkship program but uh, they really really value it i mean it stands out a lot uh, in your resume so i think that's really you know one consideration but even you know bigger than that or more important than that is the skills that you learn the experience that you gain over there and then you also know how to prepare your case how to prepare your briefs because then the you know judge gives his or her insight and then you see yourself and then you see um if if a lawyer has made a lasting impression on a judge or not and that doesn't mean that the lawyer uh, must have won the case i remember that there was this lawyer um he was you know he argued brilliantly and it was a very long case uh, over the course of many many hearings and i think it was his first or his second time at the supreme court and then i remember having a conversation um with my uh, supervising judge and he said that you know this is how uh prepared you should be he was very well prepared and this is how you know you should be uh presenting your case and you know the way he presented his case the synopsis of arguments you know everything was very nicely done not just the arguments but the written arguments as well so there's something that you learn because you know then you start understanding and realizing what a judge wants and how a judge thinks and of course it can vary from judge to judge like you know personal preference and it's subjective but all in all um you know a judge really just wants his or her life to be easy in the sense that you know they they have to go through a very long cause list they have to write judgments so any lawyer that's not that's you know really stuck to the point um has made the judge understand the proposition that they they love those lawyers i mean other than you know like um rather than those who waste time and then you know who don't come to the point or who don't um you know argue all sorts of things but the main crux of the case uh, so you know you save a judge's time and you make him or her understand they really just really appreciate you so uh what kind of work opportunities do former uh, 
clerks get afterwards. I mean, I'm sure you're in touch with, or you have been in touch with your other, you know, co-clerks. So just for the listeners, you know, uh, if you can sort of share some insight on that, like after that, where, where could you go in terms of work opportunities? I think it opens a lot of doors. I mean, the natural norm that, you know, that's, that largely does litigation, but I don't think that's true. I know quite a few people who have gone into transactional, uh, you know, work, uh, who do transaction work and, you know, strictly corporate transaction work and they don't go to courts. And then I know people who've gone in-house and I know people who've gone in the academia um, and then likewise people who've gone into litigation. So it's just, it's a very good starting point. And I think, there you realize because you know you see you sit in court and you observe lawyers i think there also you sort of make a decision as to what you want to do if court work is even though you're not litigating and i feel like unless you don't litigate you don't uh, really know if if it's cut out um, but <clears throat> excuse me some people also get a uh, get a sense of what they want to do and it opens all sorts of doors um, so there's not no specific path that you know that the blockchain leads to um, it because it's largely a research associate job and that research is handy in everything, uh, you know, every path that you choose or any path that you choose. And since you also obviously, you know, went on to, I mean, you got into litigation as well. Um, how much of like your experience at the clerkship did you think you applied, especially in your advocacy styles? And I'm sure you must have kept some of those things in mind that, okay, you know, judges, they don't appreciate this or this is something um, you know that they look for how much of that do you think uh, benefited you in your litigation as an advocate I think it helped a lot because I I knew that you know how I sort of got an idea as to how a judge thinks and what they like and you know, courtroom etiquette, and, and there's a lot to say, I'm saying I'm the best lawyer out there, not at all, you know, by no stretch of imagination, but um, I, you know, there's just so much you, you get to learn, because you know, like, you know, how to make an argument, like, of course, that comes with practice, but you know, which points might, might sit well with the judges, and how to plead those points, because the art of advocacy is, you know, how to plead, right? So I think it helped me tremendously, and then, of course, understanding what judges don't waste their time and just come to the point and you know just be very presentable just be very very humble um so i think i personally learned a lot from and other than that i, I remember that when i started off i this is something that was taught of the bar if, if you remember because you know you've also done the i, I think the bar vocation course was called back then um it, they were very uh, skeleton argument in, intensive but not but that's something that I got from, you know, my Supreme Court days that, you know, have a written synopsis or have a skeleton argument. And that really helps. And then while you're sitting in court and making arguments, you start understanding and differenti uh, differentiating between, uh, you know, good arguments, bad arguments, when a case is, you know, you, you can tell when, when a lawyer's case is made out and when they're trying hard and it's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean... You know, it's not important that every case is strong, and then it really is, you know, boils down to the lawyer as to how they argue. Because sometimes your case is not strong, but the lawyers argue it so well that eventually they get the relief that they're looking for. So all of these things, you know, it's a it's like combination of everything, um, and then you just keep it in your mind, and then yeah, and then I think that really helps. Uh, 
Uh, just to you know, in terms of giving some tips to those that are applying, um, do you have any suggestions for them? Is there an interview process first of all for the clerkship program? Okay, can you give an insight on like what do they ask or what you know what are they looking for in terms of you know skills from a candidate? So interview again um, really varies from person to person. I remember in my time. You know, some interviews went on for 10 minutes, some interviews went on for 40 minutes. There was a different set of questions that were that were asked of um, every candidate. I mean, because, you know, you sort of discuss after you come back, after you, you know, take your interview and then, you know, because it's very nerve wracking anyways. Um, but I think it's very specific to your CV and uh, if you've submitted an essay to your essay and the work you've done. So you should okay. know you've done don't lie please don't lie don't write about what you've not done because they're going to question you don't know then you can't make it up and it's supremely embarrassing know your know what you want if you worked on cases know them well i mean you just don't say oh i've worked on xyz case but then when they ask you for you know a summary of that case or how you helped or assisted in that case and you're not able to answer then that of course does not reflect well or you know it doesn't look good at all um, other than that, just I, I think as lawyers, you really need to be generally as lawyers, you need to be aware of the current affairs, right? What's happening in your country? What's happening worldwide? There's always this conversation that, you know, that that's a possible conversation. They can ask you uh, for your opinion on something, maybe, you know, the death penalty. They might ask you, what do you think of the death penalty, right? Um, so you need to be aware. And then, of course, know your, know your application. Um, and then over, I, I, I feel like, in, in, in the interview, they they never, so they don't try to question or test you on your, um, you know, how much of, uh, how much of you, uh, uh, how many cases you've read, and if you remember those cases, or the facts of the cases, or what happened, no, it's not that test. They basically check your confidence. Um, they see if, if you can make an argument, they see that, you know, whether you'd be a good fit, uh, you know, whether you, because see, working with a judge is a very, heavy responsibility and it's a very serious responsibility and there's yeah. a lot of confidentiality involved as well so you need to have that maturity too uh, you know you can't be it's all you know you can't take it lightly um, so they check that as well that you know you're serious and you're a sober worker and that you can understand the sensitive nature of the job uh, because you know you work on very very confidential cases as well they make you sign an NDA too and rightfully so um, so yes, that's what they check your confidence, whether you're a right fit, whether you're a serious worker, um, you know, they, they'll, they'll probably, um, you know, disagree with you on something, their opinion can be different to yours, but they, they're just checking whether you stick by your, uh, your point of view and how well you defend it, whether it's right or wrong, whether they agree with it or not. Um, so I think those are important things to know. And then of course, don't be just be very cognizant of the fact that you're not interrupting. Um, I feel like this is something very basic, but a lot of people do it. Uh, I'm not saying they do it intentionally, but let the judge speak. Don't interrupt. Uh, don't be overconfident. I think that's just be confident. Don't be underconfident or don't be overconfident. I think overconfidence really kills your chances with every job interview. Um, and then don't be a Mr. or Miss No at all because, you know, that is, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot more. I mean, their experience is more than your age. So don't, don't mess with them. Yeah. No, no, no. Just don't be stubborn and, you know, think that you know better than them. Not at all. 
uh, that's not true. And they, they do, do give you leave, a lot of leeway because they know you're, you know, you're very young at the end of the day. Um, so they're not, they're not unnecessarily strict or harsh or anything. Um, but yeah, it's a great experience that everyone, should, if you get it, great. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. I know people who who've not gotten it and who've still fared well and done very well. And I know people who didn't get it on their first attempt, in their first attempt, but got it later on, which is completely fine because that's what life is, right? You keep trying, you keep persisting. If you apply once and you don't get it, then you just can't, you know, give up. If you really want it, then you go after it. Um, and I think it's a very good opportunity. Everyone should consider it. I mean, I, there are only very few people who, did not think that it was a great opportunity. Everyone, like most of my colleagues and everyone thinks. Yeah. That, you know, any, any mistakes that you might have made, like on especially starting out or, or just any do's and don'ts that you have for those that have gotten it. Now they're a bit nervous, like, okay, we don't really know what to expect or how to behave. Um, anything that you could share on that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, to err is human, right? And like I said, they know that you are a kid at the end of the day. They're not harsh. They're not strict with you unnecessarily. Of course, you might get scolded over work, which is completely fine. You will get scolded elsewhere and that's fine. Uh, but they do understand that, you know, you are pretty young. Um, they're not They're not mean to you. They're very patient. They're very understanding. Just, again, um, don't be a miss or Mr. Know-it-all. Be humble. And go with a mindset that you want to learn. And of course, you're going to make mistakes. There's nobody who doesn't make mistakes, of course. And they're very forgiving and they're very understanding. So long as you don't repeat that mistake like 10 times and you're able to rectify and you, you know, you're apologetic and you're humble and you're uh, well-behaved. Uh, because, you know, the, again, the nature of the job, the person that you're working in, they're sitting in the highest office. It's not a joke. So you, your conduct should be excellent. You should, you know, conduct yourself in a very uh, well-mannered uh, way um, and uh, in, a, in a formal way and, you know, just be very like, serious about your work. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Don't be overconfident. Uh, don't speak over them. Just very basic things, you know, give them the respect because, of course, they deserve it. Uh, not only because they're judges, but because they're much older and a lot more experienced. Um, but, you know, and they're very, like I said earlier, they're very um, happy to take your opinions and your points of view on board. And sometimes, you know, you can have a very, you can really thrash out a case um, by discussing in depth. And sometimes you can have a very, very good conversation or a good discussion um, where, you know, you can also learn from them. And sometimes maybe if you give them your point of view, then they might sort of change their point of view which you know sometimes happens because they said oh you know this is an interesting angle we should look at this case from this angle as well so yeah just be very you know serious and uh, take it like be diligent be conscientious um just you know before we sign off i do want to talk to you a little bit about the work that you've done since then if you can you know tell our listeners a little bit about your experience on the on the justice project pakistan and 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 what you're doing right now uh, i think that would be helpful yeah so i've had a varied uh, work experience it's been a bit versatile which i think um, you know well it's it worked out for me because i did learn a lot i think over the uh, period of uh, you know over the last few years 
after I finished the clerkship. I have primarily done litigation. So at JPP, I was a legal and policy specialist. And this is the first time that I um, got introduced to the, you know, to the policy side of things, to the death sector, um, which was very interesting. It was something that I had not done before. And then there was litigation. So that was um, JPP um, is again. So the JPP fights for the most vulnerable, vulnerable prisoners who are on death penalty. So these can be mentally ill and those imprisoned overseas, um, et cetera and juveniles. So their work is that, you know, it's very humanitarian and it's um, criminal law and human rights law. So I did that. I was also at a firm for a brief period of time. Um, I worked uh, primarily in arbitration law uh, over there, which is also very interesting. It's a very hot area of law um, and a very interesting one. And then I, uh, you know, then I got jail appeals uh, to do by a uh, by an honorable judge of the Islamabad High Court. So I was defense counsel on state defense in jail. So that's where I did criminal cases. And then after a while, <clears throat> I became state counsel, um, where I did largely criminal, a few civil, but largely criminal cases. Um, that was also interesting because I was representing the state in various criminal cases. So these, both of these experiences were a litigation. And then um, on the side, I did a couple of consultancies, uh, which was again, you know, children's rights and uh, child rights and, you know, juvenile justice and rights of persons um, with disabilities. Uh, so that was, again, very, very uh, knowledgeable and I learned a lot. And then my most recent job is at as a prosecutor and that also because, you know, I a lot of my state council and defense council and state expense, even though that was from the other side, it helped me make my mind up that, you know, this is something that I might want to uh, do or, you know, give it a shot. So I'm now at the NAB working as a special prosecutor. So it's it's been a it's been a very interesting journey. And then, of course, there's women in law and then, you know, lots of. Um, uh, yeah, if you can also tell especially our, our female audience a uh, bit about the women in law. Uh, it is, I mean, it's a professional network, but how can they join? Uh, I mean, some. Of, I mean, a lot of them are like law students and, and young lawyers. They may not know much about it. So if you can also uh, share a little bit about the women in law network. So Women in Law is an initiative um, that basically works for fair representation of women in the legal profession uh, so that they have equality of opportunity, which I think is very, very important. So Women in Law comes in and I think it's really gained momentum over the last couple of years. The founder has worked really hard. I lead the Samba chapter, there's a KP chapter, and then there's a um, there's another um initiative that we collaborate with in Karachi. So I think, you know, we just sort of simply put persist uh, and um, sort of uh, make efforts that women are, women are given a fair chance uh, and you know, opportunity in um, positions. So, you know, be it uh, on the bench or otherwise in uh, contesting elections in, in various bars and you know high court bar associations and district court bar, court bar associations, uh, we help connect women with job opportunities, uh, with networking, which everything that is important for a person to grow in this profession. Um, now, because this Women in Law Awards was also an initiative. I mean, Women in Law was very much involved in it. It was um, you know it was one of the partners that collaborated, as you mentioned in the beginning. And now there's this lawyer website. There's a portal where you find case law, where you find uh, details of women lawyers that clients can reach, potential clients can reach out to. Um, and then, yeah, and we write lots of letters and we try that women come on committees if they haven't. And it's, you know, that 
it shouldn't be uh, only for the men and for any one gender of course um, so yeah women in law does that work so any any criteria to to join uh, as a member or it's open for all that's the best thing okay which is why like you're also a part of it and so yeah um but there's no criteria i mean you just have to uh you just i mean there there are whatsapp groups as well you just have to fill out a form and then you know you're because if you're a woman in law therefore you become a part of it yeah um it's open for all and we really encourage everyone and we they, you know we have a lot of members now and from all over pakistan which is great and because sometimes you know um these kind of things only get are only um, restricted to the major cities but we have people from everywhere which is great Uh, because that really is the purpose you know it should cater to everyone yeah for anyone that wants to maybe reach out to you whether it's about the clerkship program for more information on that or just generally if they want to connect with you how and and where can they do that well i'm on linkedin and i think linkedin is a good source by my name um they can reach out to me on linkedin then there's my email address uh, which is kazmijugnu@gmail.com um so k a z m i j u g n o at gmail.com so um you know they feel free to reach out i'm happy to answer in whatever capacity i can yeah that's great and i think i'll add that and i'll also add the information about women in law in the description so people can you know uh, just uh, check that out as well uh, so thank you so much jignu for taking the time out and uh, you know sort of sharing your knowledge and experience this this was great so thanks a lot no not at all my pleasure thank you for having me i hope it was a useful session and people uh, you know generally lawyers especially those who are looking to become law clerks or who have actually just gotten the position they benefit from it absolutely absolutely and thank you to everyone else for tuning in uh don't forget to subscribe to the bar law podcast rate it review it if you have any feedback or comments for me my email is in the description and don't forget to share it with fellow lawyers and law students in your networks